Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. I'm your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist, and today we're going to talk about ideas and flow, the good life, and resources for our spiritual toolboxes. Today's episode 13 is entitled Ingredients of an Apology, Valuing Relationship. And we're going to talk about the benefits of making a gold star apology when you've ruptured a relationship. I'm mindful that when I have done something that's upset someone else, that before the apology, I, I feel pretty uncomfortable. You know, I, I feel perhaps disappointed in myself. I feel some guilt. Perhaps there's some shame in there as well. It's just deep disappointment with myself because I like to think that I'm mindful about the way in which I engage with other people, that I try to think about the situation from their angle, and that when I fail to live up to the standard, it, it hurts me. And I'm very aware that it hurts the other person. When I'm in that place, before an apology, it's really uncomfortable. I find that the act of initiating an apology requires a great amount of courage. It's about an issue of timing. It's about finding the right words because you don't want to make the situation worse. And then delivering it in a way that is sincere and authentic. The real wonderful part of the apology process is once you've talked to the other person about how you feel and you've offered the apology, a number of things can happen. First of all, it presents an opportunity for creating dialogue to just kind of say, you know, we've got an elephant in the room and I know that I did something that upset you and I want to talk about it because I want to know how it's impacted you and I want to know how to make things right. When we do that, if we are carrying shame and guilt, then we provide ourselves with an opportunity to let go of that shame and guilt. By taking responsibility and accountability for our actions, we allow ourselves to reclaim our integrity. I think that's really important. So we can walk with our heads up high, we can go to bed with ourselves at night, that we can look in the mirrors at our own reflections. I think the last thing uh, that is also happens when we make an apology is we restore dignity to the person that we've offended. What are the two resources that I'd like to showcase today? Well, they're both available on YouTube. They're both TED Talks. The first one is entitled The Power of the Apology by Robert M. Gordon. And the other one is entitled Getting the Last Word with Apology by Jennifer Thomas. Now, they both identify different parts of an apology. There's some congruence in terms of what they're talking about. Jennifer Thomas's is a little more extensive, so I'll identify what she sees as being the five elements or ingredients of a gold star apology. So first of all, when you're making an apology, you want to express regret. You want to say, I'm sorry, and then identify what the transgression is. You want to be able to, number two, accept responsibility for what happened. And that could look like saying something like, I was wrong when I did this and I accept responsibility for that. The third ingredient is making amends. That you identify you're going to kind of fix things, you're going to amend things by acting in some kind of way and the other person can see you in action. The fourth ingredient would be revising the plan, identifying what's going to be different. And the last thing is requesting forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Now, what's really interesting is that Jennifer Thomas has 
I, she, she's introduced this thought that I'm not sure if you're familiar with this person named Gary Chapman, but he wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. And this, the idea in this book is that we as individuals have different love languages. He's identified them as words of affirmation, saying I love you or giving a compliment that these, these things are very important to some people in terms of that would be their love language. The other one is quality time, just spending time with someone, doing some things that you enjoy together. The third is receiving gifts. The fourth is acts of service, doing something for someone else, perhaps doing the dishes when someone doesn't ask you to do the dishes. And lastly, physical touch, you know, holding hands, hugging, kisses. Now, the idea that Gary Chapman shared is that we need to be aware of our partner's love language, of our kid's love language, and aware of our love language and realize that sometimes my love language, the way I experience and receive love, might be a different way in which my spouse hears and receives love. And that what's really important is to be aware of our love language, but be prepared to speak the love language of our partner or of our friend or of our children or of a parent, of the people that we know that are important to us, that we cherish. Jennifer Thomas thought about the importance perhaps of recognizing that in our childhood, we experience what it's like to give and get an apology and certain scripts, inherent scripts are established. And that in our relationships with other people, we need to be aware of what, in a sense, our apology language is and what the person who we may have offended, what their apology language is. And that we need to make sure if we want our apology to be received in an authentic and a genuine way, that we know what that person's apology language is. So for me, when perhaps my little boys do something and they're offering an apology, I usually like to hear the revising the plan aspect. You know, what they're going to do differently so they reduce the likelihood that it's going to happen again. And when Jennifer Thomas did this research, she presented some information as some numbers out of a hundred uh, in terms of the different categories or those five different ingredients. So she said out of a hundred people, generally speaking, 40 people, their apology language is expressing regret. They want the person to say, I'm sorry. And that will allow them to feel that the apology was sincere. For 37 out of a hundred, their apology language would be accepting responsibility where the person identifies, hey, you know what I did? It was wrong. 10 out of 100 prefer making amends, what the person's going to do to make things better. 10 out of 100 prefer revising the plan. I would be one of those 10. And then 3 out of 100 prefer requesting forgiveness. So she identifies that not many people, their apology language is not requesting forgiveness, uh, having a person request forgiveness. But it's really important that if you're in a relationship with that person, that you recognize that that's what their apology language would be so that when you offer an apology that you would include, will you forgive me? Because that's going to make the difference. The thing that Robert M. Gordon's brought to this conversation is the idea about just being aware of dose-appropriate apologies. So he asked us to think about how an apology would be different if we were to bump into someone versus spilling someone's coffee versus breaking someone's window versus lying to someone. In terms of the ingredients of an apology we might offer someone, 
It's going to look different if we bump into someone on a bus because it's crowded and we might say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't have much room. I apologize. I'm going to be more careful of where I'm standing. Whereas when we're in a, a different context and, and the person that we've upset, offended, insulted, in that situation where it's a more significant, more meaningful, it's, it's a bigger deal situation, we might have to make sure we have more ingredients in that apology. Jennifer Thomas suggests that when we're making an apology, we include all five of those ingredients and that at that point we'll be creating a gold star apology that will demonstrate to the person that we've upset that this is a sincere apology. It is genuine. I'd really like you to check out those resources. Additionally, I've included a couple of humorous links. I think this is a difficult conversation. Someone who might be listening to this right now might think, you know, actually, I do have an outstanding apology to offer someone, but I don't know if I'm ready for it. I, I feel inclined to kind of sleep it, to, to uh, sweep it under the carpet. And I'm just suggesting as just a starting point thought that if relationships are important, if they are the foundation upon which happiness is built, we might need to learn to develop the skill of offering a gold star apology. It's something that requires time, patience, and courage. And the reflection point, the imagining point, might be the first step in the process. If this discussion is uncomfortable, uh, I want to offer these two links uh, to check out to offer some uh, humor in terms of this pretty big discussion. The first one is how to get offended. It's Awaken with JP. He playfully uh, explores the things a person can do to make sure that we get offended when other people talk so that we can let them know a better way for them to act in, in terms of being in our presence. And then the other one is uh, from Friends, Joey's Funny Apology. I just want to offer a little bit of a story to kind of give some re a reference point to my interest in this discussion on apologies. Recently, I had a conversation with a friend. We send voice files to each other because we live at a distance and we were having a discussion about marriage and I had shared something and in one of his responses, he had indicated he felt insulted. And as I discussed before, I felt really disappointed in myself. I thought I was usually quite careful with my word selection, mindful about how someone else might be receiving it. I was thinking about delivery and I sat in this discomfort for a while and then I realized, you know, I need to do something about it because this is an important friendship and I need to do something to heal the fracture. And it became quite clear, quite obvious that the thing I had to do was to apologize. And I uh, sent a, an apology voice file because this is the way that we, uh, we communicate in our discussions. And the good news was that I actually, I felt better afterwards and for a number of different reasons. Uh, reason number one is because uh, he identified that actually he wasn't really insulted. He was just using hyperbole and because it, it was a, a conversation with some energy and, and some heat uh, that he, he got caught up in it. And, uh, but he was actually, in fact, not offended or insulted. And uh, so in terms of offering the apologies I indicated before, it allows us to just open a channel of communication, talk about what's going on, and to clarify things and to um, address misunderstandings. And, that, and that's one of the things that have taken place. 
the other thing that took place is that, you know, I, I felt good about my effort to communicate to my friend nonetheless how much I valued him and that uh, I was big enough to do the right thing in terms of offering the apology. And I think it also communicated to him that if ever I might offend him, I will do whatever it is that I need to do to restore any dignity that I, I may have harmed. Those are some of the the benefits that I experienced firsthand or quite recently because of a situation where I felt that I, I had, uh, well, where my understanding because of our interaction was that I had upset someone. And I thought, you know what? In terms of the happier quest, there are a lot of things that it seems obvious that we would talk about. Seems obvious that we would talk about gratitude. It seems obvious that we would talk about mindfulness. It seems obvious that we would talk about work-life balance. It wasn't as obvious to me about the importance of developing the skill of apologizing. And I felt that in terms of helping others nurture relationships that are important to them, that this is something that uh, maybe we might want to get around to the business of talking about. So I hope that uh, the resources I'm sharing with you uh, might be interesting uh, they might be helpful. They might be informative. There's also another link I'm going to include. And this one is um, from a Mind Tools website. And it's an article called How to Apologize, Asking for Forgiveness Gracefully. And the thing that that article offers in terms of this conversation, something not to overlook, would be recognizing that when we do apologize, and if we can get beyond an apology that's just kind of a defense of what we did, you know, kind of a, a rationalization for why we behaved the way we did. If it can be more than just, hey, please forgive me, and it gets to the heart of repairing the rupture and identifying the value that we hold for that relationship, it reminds us to not overlook that when we offer an apology, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be given forgiveness right then and right there in that moment. I think we got to remember that we are not in charge of the timeline for someone else that we have upset or hurt. And that sometimes the first step in healing in a ruptured relationship or a fractured relationship is offering the apology. The next thing we have to do is allow enough time for our actions to speak in a way that is convincing to the other person that we're not going to make that mistake again. We're not going to hurt them the way we hurt them in the past and that things are going to, in fact, be different. So it's a, it's a process and it requires patience, but it will allow, as I shared before, us to live with ourselves and to reinstate our integrity and to restore another person's dignity. So I want to thank you for joining me today. And I just noticed as I was looking at my notes that there are there's another link I'm going to include as well. And it's an example of a bad apology, good apology. It's also available on YouTube on YouTube. So you can check out that link as well. There's a whole bunch of different things to explore. And I look forward to our next meeting of minds. Thank you for tuning in. 
Until next time, peace.